Hello, hello, and welcome to the Duel Link Up podcast, where we talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. I am one half of the Wii, Notorious Cly, and the other half is Muzzballs, aka Muzz. That's right, everybody, we have another interview episode. In this episode, Muzz and I talk about, well, just about everything related to Duel Links. The main topic of conversation for Muzz and I was his Machina Synchron deck. Kachow! This deck was unlike anything else I'd ever seen. It was super interesting and unique and, frankly, pretty cool. So I decided to have Muzz on and talk about it. I think it'll be helpful for you if you can see the deck that we're talking about, especially when Muzz is talking about it, because he goes really in-depth with it, which is something I love. I'm definitely going to have to have Muzz back on to talk about something. To see that deck, go ahead and check out my Twitter, at the Dual Linkup. Or you can check out our subreddit, r slash the Duel Link Up. Those are T-H-E-D-U-E-L-L-I-N-K-U-P. And while you're there, don't be afraid to say hi. If email is more your thing, you can always say hi or send any other questions or comments to me at the Duel Link Up at gmail.com. T-H-E-D-U-E-L-L-I-N-K-U-P at gmail.com. Alright folks, I think I'm going to keep this intro short because this interview went long. It's a good thing though. Trust me, you'll see. I think that's all I got for you. Without further ado, here's my interview with Muzz. Alright everybody, we are here with Muzzballs, aka Muzz. How you doing, Muzz? Hello. Alright, uh, and I gotta know, Muzz, aka Muzzballs, how'd you get your name? Basically when I was in high school, or no, it was like 8th grade or something, a couple of girls in the class, like for some reason in 8th grade, a lot of my friends were girls. And then one weird girl just started calling me Muzzballs. And so then they were all friends with each other. And I was friends with them on top of that. It was all in different classes. So then she started calling me that. Then the next week, another one started calling me that. And then the next week, another two started calling me that. And then eventually it got down to the point where all of my friends were just calling me that in my eighth grade. So I was like, well, and this is also around the time where like PS4 came out. And I had a really terrible PS3 nickname. So I was like, I'm going to change that. And I changed it to this to kind of just make it so that way I don't have to care about that. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah, go ahead. Say whatever you want. Okay, cool. Because this is be impossible to not curse. But I didn't want to really have to worry about giving a shit about being called that throughout the rest of my life. So now I just use it. That's actually way better than what I was expecting, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing. Like, why, why would an eighth grade girl just throw balls in your name? Like, it's just, like, the first half of my last name and then balls. I'm like, what the fuck? Most balls. It's because she thought she were cute. You missed your opportunity, man. Actually, it's really funny because the girl that said it, she had a boyfriend at the time, and her boyfriend's name was Noah. Now, number one, when people look at me and they try and guess my name or when I tell them my name, they always go, hmm, I always thought your name would be Noah. And then number two, the weird thing is, is that her boyfriend was Asian. And it was, like, one of, like, the only five, like, Asian people in the school. And I was, I'm like a quarter Filipino. So I'm like one of those five Asian people in school. <laughs> and then on top of that, one day, because we sat next to each other in homeroom class, and I would just mess around with her when I was bored. So when the people in front of us like turned around, they're like, are you guys dating? And I just started bursting out laughing. And she was just so pissed. And eventually when I stopped laughing, like she was just so pissed that she wouldn't say anything. But eventually once I stopped laughing, they're like, what's so funny? And I pointed across the room all the way across the room, I say, you see the guy on the other side of the room? He's like, yeah. I go, that's her boyfriend. 
And yes, he does look like a more fit version <laughs> of me. <laughs> so it was really funny for me. Yeah, she got mad because she totally wanted it. Yep. She wanted to date, and you broke her heart. Way to go, Muzz. I think she just got mad because her boyfriend was in the class and on the other side of the classroom. You still talk to her at all? No, I think I have her added on Facebook, but I haven't used my Facebook in like five years. I'm pretty sure it's hacked by now. Yeah, I don't really go on Facebook either, but if you're ever really bored and maybe a little tipsy one night, send her a message, see uh, why she actually started calling you muzzballs. I'll bet you five bucks that she uh, she thought you were cute or something. That's the reason. I can assume, but I don't think I really want to know. She was one of like the weird ones. Like one of like the angry weird ones. Yeah, probably for the best then. She was angry, weird, and popular. Really odd. Really weird mix. That's, yeah, that's an interesting combination. How'd you get started playing Duel Links? Let's see here. I was playing Naruto Ultimate Ninja Blazing, and then they added in PvP, and then that made that game trash. So then I went to my next anime gacha game that I was interested in, and that was One Piece Treasure Cruise. And I was playing that until I got bored of it. And then the next thing that I saw was Duel Links, and I was like, I played Yu-Gi-Oh! when I was a kid. Let's play it again. And then I hopped on Duel Links. I wasted probably like 5k gems, like everyone does at the start, buying like the Red Eyes structure deck and then some worthless other boxes, probably. Yep, been there. And then eventually I was like, okay, well, I kind of like the game. Let's go see what's like meta or what's good or a decent way to spend my gems. And then I stumbled on Duel Links meta. And then I was like, ooh, Cyber Dragon and Masked Heroes. The two most expensive decks in the game, or at least the ones that were the most expensive at the time. And that's pretty much how I started playing. Yeah, it seems like everybody has a, a similar kind of story where it's like this game they played when they were a kid and they really had a good time with it, but they dropped it for whatever reason. And then they see Duel Links in the App Store one day and they're like, oh yeah, I remember Yu-Gi-Oh! Let's, let's give this a try. And then keeps on being a similar story like oh wow this is way different than what i expected they bounce off of it restart and then they actually figure out how to how they're gonna how they want to play and how they're supposed to play same thing happened to me when i played Yu-Gi-Oh as a kid we didn't like play the game it was like based off of how cool your card looks because we were kids so it was like stupid stuff and then when i eventually started slightly playing the game or actually reading and knowing how to play the game then I played against my cousin, and my cousin actually played the game. It was like around the time where I think XCs were introduced into the game, and I had, hadn't even like recognized what synchros were yet. And I remember he was like, okay, oh, you play Yu-Gi-Oh? You want to play Yu-Gi-Oh? I was like, okay, you play. He hands me one deck, uses another deck. I go, and I think I T-set, and then I pass, and then he goes, okay. And then 20 cards later, I'm dead. And I'm like... This is this is not what I know. I what? And now I do that in duel links to people. Yep. Oh, it's less cards. Yep. It has come full circle. Yeah, yeah. I bounced out of playing the actual physical card game when it was still in its like first generation. They were still working their way through the first anime series. So it was all ritual summon, fusion summon, that's pretty much it. If you uh if you got Dark Magician or Blue Eyes White Dragon out on the field by tributing two monsters, that means you won. Bro, if you got Buster Blader out, you win. Yep, very much. Yeah, 
So imagine my shock coming to Duel Links, and I jumped in right at the height of the ancient gear meta. So I'm thinking like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, you know, battle ox, Silla, he'll take it to him, and then they got a turn one ancient gear reactor dragon just smacking me in the face. I have no idea what hit me. How early was that? Like, how many boxes were there? Because I think that was before me. Um, to be honest, I don't really know because that was structure deck, right? Yeah, that was a structure deck, and that was a that was a couple of years ago because I found it in the app store right about the same time I started playing Pokemon Go. So what was that like, 2016 or whatever? Oh, that's early, early. I think that's right after what I think they called the Silent Swordsman meta. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah that that uh that sounds familiar because that's where the deck is. The deck is right after the Silent Swordsman one. Yeah. And right before the Neos Fusion. Yeah. From what I remember, because like I said, this was years ago, and obviously I didn't care too much about it at the time because I bounced off of it. But uh, I remember going for Silent Swordsman just because I saw everybody else playing that. And I uh, I hadn't internalized the fact that you want three copies of all the good cards because that means you're going to see them more often. I was still coming at it from the same approach I did when I was, you know, like 12, where it's just like, oh, yeah. Big strong attack monster. Yeah, that's what you want. Get as many of those as possible. Yeah, I really quickly picked up on deck building. Yeah, fortunately I have too now that I've actually like started starting to play game. But yeah, that was way back then. I bounced. Um bounced pretty hard. And then picked it back up in this February and I've been in love ever since. It's been just pretty much what I do every day in my free time now is just kinda kick it play some Duel Links, hit King of Games. Yeah, I'm on the other end. I'm on the other end of that. I was playing it for, I think I played it for about a year or two years, just solid, like grinding out free-to-play mostly. Grinding out, like I'm considered a dolphin because I spend some money on the game, but not a lot. Same. So I mainly like grind out free-to-play, like just whatever event, try and get as many gems out of each event as possible. And lately mainly because there hasn't been a good box for like three months or whatever. I haven't been grinding much. And when it comes to PvP, I kind of just play PvP leisurely. Like the other games that I play, I'm more interested in playing those. So Duel Links kind of takes a back burner and it's kind of what I come to play whenever I'm like bored and kind of around. Yeah, nothing wrong with a little comfort food. Just going back to what you know when you're ready for it. What other games are you playing? Uh, I play Tekken mainly. That's my really good game. Splitgate. Splitgate's pretty fun if you haven't played it and if you're looking for like a, like a Halo-style shooter. It's basically Halo with portals. That sounds pretty dope. Uh, the Halo was pretty much all we did in college. Uh, me and my roommates would sit there and play Halo nonstop for hours. It was the absolute best time of my life, and I miss it dearly. Back then, Modern Warfare 2 was my game. Put me on Rust. Give me whatever stupid game mode we got. Put me on Scrapyard or Terminal. And give me whatever stupid game mode we're playing in private. Go online, body some kids with some quick scoping for no reason. All that stuff was fun. Yeah, I was probably one of the kids you were uh, bodying with the quick scope on Call of Duty. I didn't have the quick twitch for it. It's kind of why I loved Halo, because it was slower paced. You were probably on Xbox, though. I was on PS4. Yeah, we were on Xbox. Okay, that's good. That's good to know there's no bad blood. Yeah, we played a lot of Halo because it felt a lot slower in the hands. And we played a lot of the uh, Zombies mode too. And that was 
the absolute best because you could break the map and jump to places um, going off a building to get to a tree to get off to a map to get to a safe spot where the zombies couldn't get you and you could just headshot people with a pistol from afar it was the best so that's where that game mode came from in Splitgate. okay yeah i use it to complete dailies that's all gotcha okay i might have to check out split mode you may be responsible for my newest gaming addiction there was uh, I know you haven't played Duel Links in a little bit, or at least not seriously in a little bit, but what's your proudest moment in Duel Links? Aside from using the deck that we're going to be talking about to beat meta decks, because that's great, but probably even now it would be any time that I can make four Xyz monsters in one turn, like three to four. So like Onomats, uh, not the Onomats everyone knows, like the meta ones, but like this stupid one called rank four onomats where you just use rank four monsters. There's no rank six. You don't use sister. You don't use head. Instead, your only non-level four is uh, buster. So Dota do buster. And then like the whole play is like try and hope to open up Dota do draw in with Dota do glove. And then Dota do draw with glove, pitch him, special summon buster, then special summon glove. Love from Grave, make Diamond Direwolf pop a card on the field. That doesn't even involve your normal summon or anything. Then you can summon Utopic, then special summon Zubaba, then special summon from the graveyard with Coat's effect to summon Coat. And then which one is it? And I think it's you overlay with Coat and Glove, pitch Glove again. And then there's like a, one more play that you can do. Obviously, you can use Utopic to summon something else. And that's like making three XEs in one turn. And that's always fun to do. Just because it's like you pop so many things and you get one free pop of Diamond Direwolf and then reset your graveyard for like the rest of your play without having to use your normal summon. Yeah, that's crazy. Here, I thought Resonators not needing the normal summon was pretty incredible. All they can do is really make two synchros, but... Four XYZs, that, that's nuts, man. Other than that, um, spamming synchros is always fun. I can really only do it with this deck, though, because I haven't found another deck that like spams it well. I don't count my Akashi because it's just climbing a ladder. It's not actually like spamming anything. And then um, creative win conditions, those are fun. Like uh, I mentioned that I went for Cyber Dragons at the start. Uh, I actually got the whole Cyber Dragon build, except now I'm missing one fusion gate now that everyone's playing three. So I remember back when uh, Noble Knights, when Noble Knights were meta before Balance got hit, it would be really fun to play against a Noble Knight player because then you get to work your brain and try and make an 8.8,000 Chimera Tech Dragon to just beat over the Noble Knight because he can't be destroyed by battle. So you just smack them until they're dead. Or uh, the last one that I remember uh, was I used this deck, like a nerfed version of this deck, and I played against a Fire King Ubel version, a Fire King Ubel deck. That's like a terrible matchup because all of my cards pretty much destroy, except for Jet Warrior. Jet Warrior is the only one that bounces, so I don't have any banishment. Just bounce, destroy, and target, non-target. And so against Fire Kings, it's like dead in the water, but there's one single card that's an out, and it's the only reason why I keep it in, and that card is Mistbird. 
the stupid level three rare monster for synchro yeah drop their attack to zero exactly drops their attack to zero negates their effect so what do you do you special summon machina fortress somehow to the field you then use righty driver to summon lefty driver make mistbird put it in defense target the monster pop them now what do you got to do? You got to survive another turn, keep Mistbird on the field, and somehow put on another monster that can then body over the next monster. It's the only way to beat Fire Kings without them bricking, or without like having the most long, drawn-out, stupid battle ever. Oh, so just a normal duel against Fire Kings then? <laughs> yes. I hate that deck so much. Yeah, long drawn out stupid duels. Yeah, yeah. And this is coming from a dude who's this is coming from a dude who's mained metaphys for a while. Yeah, that's long and drawn out before. Yeah. Oh my god. Why? Why would you do that? Yeah, I know. Because I had no other options. I didn't have any good uh good outs to blue eyes. So I uh stumbled into metaphys and it just kept working. And believe it or not, it when we were in that blue eyes meta where every other match was blue eyes, it was so easy to win as metaphys because they would just spam as many blue eyes as they could on the field. So there's a duel that I had where they had um, an Azure Eye Silver Dragon on the field, um, a Neo Ultimate Blue Eyes on the field, and I can't remember if it was a Dragon Spirit of White or a Vanilla Blue Eyes on the field. They had that on the field, I think it was turn three or four um so i survived the turn with grit because grit is the best skill in the entire world and you'll never be able to convince me otherwise and then i come back around my turn i have uh tyrant already banished boom special summon dade from the hand banish the field and they surrender just like that because i wiped out literally everything they could possibly put out on field it was just so easy, so forgive me for my transgressions, but uh, Metaphys is awesome. It holds a special place in my heart, and I, I try not to play the Stolly version of the deck that I run. doesn't have Kite Right or, or Veil in it. I had problems with Blue Eyes just because of how many times I had to play against them, but I've, for the last couple of metas, I've been accidentally ahead of the meta. Like, I played Water right before Water became meta, and then I played Onomats right before Onomats became meta. And it was just really weird. Because I wasn't, I just like made a dumb deck and then it worked. And then suddenly some people copied it, not copied mine, obviously, copied whatever's, and then optimized it. And then when it made it meta, I'm like, what the, f what? Maybe that bodes well for the deck we're about to cover. And we've teased it a couple times already. So what's the uh, what's your actual proper name for the deck that you created that we're going to be talking about in this episode? I call it Machina Synchron because all of my other names for it have been really cringe. Okay, let's hear. It. Give me the give me the cringiest one. Uh, okay, so have you watched Cars? Like the animated Disney movie Cars? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. <laughs> okay, okay. You remember the green car? The green car that's like an asshole. Uh, no, I don't. All I remember is Tomater and uh, Lightning McQueen. Well, there's a, there's like a green car that's one of like the, the super cars that's like one of the big racer cars that's like at the start, and he says Kachiga, and I put that as the name. Kachiga. <laughs> I put that as the name because that one like clip of him saying that would pop into my head every time I would win. It's just that with a wink, and that would just pop in my head, so I named it that. 
Oh, that's fantastic. And then I think Dueling said, no, you can't name it that and started out. So and now it's Kachow. Kachow, that's amazing. Oh. And then uh, before that, it was what you saw, which was right and left uh, Machina or something, just to, like quickly give it a name. And then I think I went with Machination or something. I don't know. It was really bad. They were really stupid names. Machination. Everybody threw off your mock. I tried to make like puns and it just didn't work. I kind of like the the Kachow. <laughs> Kachow is a good one. With a little bit of context, it makes sense now. If you look back at the screenshot, it's there. Yeah. If you look back at the screenshot, it's the name of the deck. Yeah. It's just Kachow. I'm looking at it right now. It's fantastic. That's not cringe, man. That's hilarious. I enjoy it at least. Maybe that says more about me than it does the name, but who cares? Whenever anyone gets beat by me and they look at my deck, they just see Kachow. Kachow. <laughs> uh, uh, that's amazing. Because one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on to talk about this deck is it's because it's honestly one of the most unique creations I've seen. It's something where I saw it and I went, wait, what's going on here? I do not want to toot my own horn, but it is the most creative deck that I've seen. Um, like, Because on the Reddit that we're on, they usually people post their decks, but either you see decks that are useless, like it's creative, but they're not going to get past gold. And like you look at the deck and you're like, okay, that looks fun, but you're going to lose like five games to one. And then when you see the decks that will at least like make it to COG or make it to Legend or Platinum, like decks that can make it to there, they're all kind of just like, okay, so here's my deck. It's X deck, but I threw in one spice card. Uh, okay and this is like the most creative one because it uses two engines that nobody really uses and it somehow is strong like i've beaten i've beaten a lot of meta decks that i really shouldn't beat and i had one deck another one of my proud moments i was almost about to beat a resonator player but then my wi-fi went out for like a minute and so i didn't realize it went out and then when i turned on my phone's uh cellular plan because I don't play on a PC, I play it on my phone. When I turned on the cellular plan, I was like, okay, it's just going to like, it's either going to DC me or it's going to give me my time back. Okay, we're good. And then it loads back in. It doesn't load in, it just like, re, like I don't know, reconnects me. And I got 40 seconds left. And I got like, I have 40 seconds to try and make a big brain play, play around Solemn Scolding, play around what he has, and pop him and beat him still. And I had everything. I had every single card. Like the duel went on three three turns to five turns longer than it should have. But I had everything. I popped all of his cards. He had no more Red Rising Dragons, so he couldn't make any more synchros. His deck was completely dead in the water. But because I only had 40 seconds left and I had to make a bunch of big brain, like 500 IQ plays to get over everything and pop everything and do it correctly... By the time that I had the win in hand, I had five seconds left to declare the attack, and I just couldn't attack, and I died to fucking timeout. Oh, that's rough. So I count it as an emotional win, but it was <laughs> obviously a loss on my record. Because <laughs> I lost 60, 60 to like 80 seconds just to the stupid timeout. If it makes you feel any better, I'll count it as a win too. So that's two of us then. What's your, uh, what's your favorite card or archetype? Um, card would probably be, at least right now, it would be Direwolf, just because of, like, the situation I mentioned earlier. Okay. Which is, Direwolf can basically just, if you can make it without having to normal summon, it's a free pop one card. 
that's that's really the only thing that I like about it is that it just pops one card and it clears out your field and it then throws everything that it used in the graveyard. So if you have a deck that can basically recycle the graveyard and can also somehow get a free summon without having a normal summon on the field, then you get that one pop for card advantage. And then obviously if your deck uses the graveyard, then it's just a bunch of card advantage. So like rank four on a maps, very fun to use. That's a good one. That's definitely a big brain favorite card because most people, um, myself included, usually choose like, oh yeah, my favorite card is, you know, the boss monster from my favorite deck or, you know, it's the boss monster from the deck I had when I was a kid. But uh, yeah, it feels like yours is the intellectual gentleman's favorite card. It's not even really that. It's, it's pretty much just a special summon. I pop. I do all this work for one pop and that's it. Yeah. Please don't negate me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I'm a resonator player at the moment, so you know, not not so big brain for me. I just synchro climb and then remove from the field and smash face. I have somehow beaten okay, if I count that the one that I lost as a win because it was my my win, I deserve that win. If I count that, then I've beaten all three resonator players that I've played with this deck so far. That's good. I won't give you the chance to beat me. I don't want to be embarrassed. One of them was stupid, one was okay, and one was really good, and I somehow beat all three. Yeah, I uh, I like to play like I'm dumb and stupid, but um, I'm actually pretty good. Pretty good. I would consider myself a pretty good resonator player. The uh, the deck doesn't have a very high skill ceiling, so take from that what you will. But um, I like to think that I I maximize its potential. I actually just got the deck finished. I was missing the Red Rising Dragons. Yeah, the only way you can get those is uh, an event that doesn't happen anymore, or the uh, UR tickets, right? Yep, you get the UR ticket from playing ranked, which I did not play enough ranked to have enough UR tickets to use it. So then I had to farm to get the UR tickets, and that's how I got it. And luckily, Duelist Kingdom came around when I wanted to farm it, and Duelist Kingdom was really fun. Yeah, Duelist Kingdom was awesome. Uh, what what deck did you play at Duelist Kingdom? For Duelist Kingdom, when it was on the water, on the water attribute, I played water deck. Because I was like, well, this is kind of obvious. We'll play water deck. Picked water deck, and then, like, turn one, you set up a treacherous trap hole with a abyss dweller that has a pop on it. I think he has 4,100 attack. What else would you have on the field? I think you also have one of the Atlanteans, so either the one that when he attacks directly, he gets to summon another, or you have the one that's just a beat stick. And so you have just two crazy beat sticks on field, and you have a free pop, plus you have monster removal, or you have like a card to just keep it alive, like Lance or Chalice. You basically say, okay, I end my turn. I'm going to pop one of your cards when I feel like it, and you can't touch my monster. Have fun. Oh, and I can OTK you if you leave your field open. Yep, and plus I have Dweller on the field, which means I get to lock down your graveyard, which means no recursion for you. Once it's there, it's stuck. Exactly. Yep. I saw it, and I was like, this is stupid. I love it. <laughs> it was just so OP. And then for the Earth version, I played, uh, is it Gagaga or Gogaga? The golden form card. Do mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, but I'll look it up right now. I played that deck. Let me see if I can pull up the deck real quick. Yeah, that water deck was tough, man. It was tough to out. I uh, I played a lot of hazies. 
during the Duel's Kingdom event, just because the obvious fire boost. Yeah, let's play Hazy's Untargetable Big Beat Sticks. It was uh, it was really good. Like the only thing that actually gave me trouble, even when fire was buffed, was water. Just because, like you said, there's so much protection and so much disruption thrown on the board turn one. It was so hard to overcome. Yeah, I also played a couple of other ones. I played the Hazy Flame deck, but like a nerfed version because I don't have all the Hazy Flame cards. I think I only have one Basil Trice, so I was like, don't pop it, please. Leave it alone. Yeah. And then I think like the entire archetype is rare cards, right? Yeah, they're all uh, they're all pretty rare. Uh, Basil Trice is a UR, and then, yeah, they're all rare cards. Rare or normal. And I think even Hazy Pillar is rare, isn't it? Yes, Hazy Pillar is rare. So I had, I had the majority, but I didn't have like the big, the big guy. I only had one of him, and so I was like, okay, I'll try it. I tried it. It was kind of hard to to use. It was easy but hard. I somehow won more games than I lost with it. Hazy's is uh yeah, it's tricky because it can be a little clunky since they're all level six. Since they're all level six, you need pillar to get them out on the field, or you got to bait them into attacking you so you can get veil and then come around your turn tribute veil. Or there's uh, Cerberus, but if you throw Cerberus out there, it's attack, it's have, so it's a thousand. Now you just have a vanilla thousand attack monster sitting there. Probably not going to go good for you. So the Earth deck that I used, it's the same deck that I use in, um, what is it, Dual Carnival? I think Dual Carnival is the one where we get rot, where they like boost rock types, right? Yep, that's the one. So I used it there. And then I use it here. Basically, anytime I have to use rocks or earth, that's when I pull out this deck. And it's go, 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 golem, golden form. Basically built a deck around that guy. And that was what I used for the earth one. Somehow that also worked really well. That's always worked really well during events. Basically, it's just a once per turn automatic automatic opponent monster negate while it's on the field. So it's it's useful but it's not useful it's mainly just it's a huge beat stick for the most part and it's fun to use and you run it in automat so then you run it alongside rank four automat stuff yeah i'm looking at it right now it's a pretty sweet card especially if it's going to get added boost from you know whatever event you're playing in yeah and then uh it removes 1500 attack i think so for example uh, if you go against Blue Eyes, normally the problem with Blue Eyes is you can't beat it over. This, I can negate one monster and I can still beat it over when there's a Dual Carnival or Duelist Kingdom buff to it. But speaking of Duelist Kingdom, why do they, like, I get it, Darks and Lights are overpowered as hell, but I at least wanted to see, like, what the extra skill would have been. Yeah, me too. Me too. Or at least what card they would have given to your hand for free. But uh, I don't know. I do kind of like the way they figured out which element was going to be buffed and which one was going to lose its buff based on, you know, the, this majority percentage of players are playing this, so it goes away from that. And then my, the lowest percentage of players are playing this element, so we move to that one. I at least feel like it was kind of fair how they chose it. But I same as you, I was interested in to see what they were going to do with it. I think it was fair at all just because of how busted the water was whenever water came around i was like oh i'm so sorry whoever i'm playing against i apologize like you're about to get shat on there's nothing you can do about it true but to me that seems fair though 
because everybody has the same opportunity and it's not like it's hidden behind some sort of like, I don't know, locked event or the, the knowledge of what's going to be buffed isn't unknown to anybody. So, you know, water is going to be buffed. So prepare for it. It was just that it was so overpowered. Though. They need to make Duelist Kingdom and TDGP just like automatic game modes like make it a secondary player match game mode those two events are the best events in the game oh for sure yeah absolutely anything that gets you to play play the game differently or play the game in a new way should definitely be added as game mode um i love the tdgp it was uh it was always cool to see like other decks that normally don't get any love or don't get any shine get get their just due um because of whatever dual runner that you're using. So it's probably pretty obvious to anybody who's been listening to you talk for the last few minutes, and it's incredibly obvious to myself now. You know your shit. <laughs> uh, that being said, do you have any deck building advice for uh, for beginners or even veteran players who don't really excel at that part of the game? Um, depends. If we're talking about like creativity, then I have suggestions. But if we're talking about like actual tournament viability or optimization, I'm not really good at that. Like, I can make a deck that works and functions and can be cool and fun, but I can't make a deck like fully optimized. Like, I don't know how to build like a side deck for a tournament or anything like that. Like, for example, I could tell you that like if you wanted to counter my deck, which you'll never have to do, but if you wanted to counter it, all you have to do is throw in DDD Crow at like three into your side deck and then side it in. In general, for deck building, any advice I have would be find out what your core is, run your core cards at pretty much three of, unless there's a specific reason to not do so. And then after you get your core settled, try and minimize the core to exactly what you need. Once that's been minimized and optimized, then you can move on to your back row with your back row, you want to try and figure out what back row options are going to be best for your deck. You know, like Blue Eyes, they want to be discarding stuff, so obviously you peck in your discard cards. Um, a deck like Water does not want to discard anything, so you just simply throw in your back row cards as cards that either protect or do something to the opponent without forcing you to discard anything. A deck like mine, we want to discard stuff. But we also want to make use of having machines, so we kind of use both. Um, once you got your back row and your core optimized, then it's just what what is my extra deck? What am I focusing on doing? Am I making? Am I sitting on on a I think they call it a level four axis? And am I sitting on a level six? Can I play these? Can I play that? If you look at my deck, there's too many different levels in the deck to even bother with XEs. Um, but those random levels allow me to play a bunch of different synchros. And that's pretty much all you gotta do is just figure out what are you what do you wanna play? So what is your core? And then how do you make that work with whatever you're looking to play? Nothing really else to it. There you go, everybody. That's deck building one oh one. That's honestly the best, clearest, and most concise advice I've ever heard when I've asked that question. Any deck is just core, back row, and extra deck. All you gotta do is figure out what do you need, how do you get to it the quickest. The last thing is obviously figuring out, do I play 20 card or do I play 30 card? Because Thunder Dragons have shown that you can play 30 card. 
Yep, there's other archetypes too that facilitate a 30 card deck. Yes, your metaphys does. Yeah, metaphys, you can do that. I play 20 card metaphys just because I like the I like the deck to go quicker. But red eyes, I like to play a bulkier red eyes deck because that deck has so much searching and special summoning and summoning straight from the deck that you burn through cards like nobody's business. So everybody's got it in their head just because they hear, oh, 20 card, 20 card, 20 card, you know, higher probability. That's not always true. Some decks actually do best and optimize best when they're like 21 cards, 22 cards, maybe 23 cards. I think Satellar Knights were best when they were like 25 or 26, possibly. The Mastero deck is supposed to be best at 21. There's a couple of others, so you can always like go up a little bit, and if your deck can facilitate it. I think like the best advice I ever heard, I don't know where I was watching it. I was probably watching some random YouTuber. But what they said was, there's a difference between win more cards and, uh, I forgot what the other type of card is, but there's a win more card, meaning a card like Super Team Buddy Force. Uh, that card is a win more card because you have to set it, so you have to wait one entire turn to actually use it, and all it's doing is reviving a monster. So you're not getting immediate value out of the card, and the card is just allowing you to get to bolster up what you have essentially whereas a card like card like cosmic cyclone or lightning vortex stuff like that something that's going to be useful right now that's possibly going to get you the win right now as in i can clear your board right now i can get rid of whatever it is that you have right now those cards are kind of like if you want to increase the more amount that you're winning so if you're finding yourself in really good positions, then maybe throw in win more cards so you can continue to win more since you're already in a stronger position. If you're not constantly getting in strong positions and you can't really run those win more cards, you got to go back to the cards that are going to kind of keep you safe. I wish I remembered the word that he called it, but oh well. Yeah, I don't think you need a specific name for it, not with the way you explain it. And... uh I was going to ask you if you had one piece of advice for new players, what would it be? But if we give out any more advice, I think we're going to have to start charging people for it. Do you stream, have a YouTube, any social media you want to plug or promote? Um, nothing really related to Duel Links. I might start streaming, but if I do, it's going to be streaming Tekken. Duel Links-wise, the only thing I do is I'll post in the Duel Links Reddit. I think it's just Duel Links, r slash Duel Links, right? Yep, that's it. I just post in that one. Anytime I have a fun replay, like today I had a fun replay where I saw somebody summon out Junk Destroyer, and I was like, oh, this is about to be funny. Because uh, he summoned out Junk Destroyer, probably in my card. I played Pulse Mines, so he can't, basically he can't kill me that turn. And then on my turn, I just bounced his monster back and then summoned my own Junk Destroyer to kill him. Oh, you hit him with the Uno Reverse. <laughs> I hit him with the classic and no you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reverse. Anytime I can get a funny replay or a cool replay, like that uh, 8.8k attacking over a non-destroyable by battle Noble Knight, stuff like that, anything that's cool or fun, I usually like will post a replay on there or a deck build idea, stuff like that. I think if you were to look at my Reddit account, you would see a couple of really terrible Skull Servant decks. My Machina Synchron deck, as it's been built throughout the couple of variations, and probably some water decks and golden form decks. That's really it. Same username. Yeah, there you go. Uh, when you start streaming Tekken, let me know. I'll tweet that out. I'll support it. 
doesn't have to be Duel Links related. As far as I'm concerned, you're part of the uh, the Duel Link Up fam now since you've been on an episode. So we'll support you no matter what game you're playing. Alrighty, I still gotta figure out how to do so because I don't got a capture card. So it's just straight up stream through the PS4. Yeah, you'll figure it out though. I believe in you. All right, and I think it's about time for us to get on to the uh, the main event of this episode. So now that we know this deck, Machina Synchron, has a proper name to it, let's uh, let's talk about it. So when did you first have the idea for this deck? Okay, so I got to give you a really long backstory first. That's perfect. Because this explains how I got the cards. Because I had everything except for the extra deck cards before I started building this deck. And... Basically, like I said, I started off the game wanting to play Sidras and also wanting to play Masked Heroes. I used gems to pretty much get everything for Sidras, and I got a bunch of stuff for Sidras, completed the deck. That was my favorite deck to play for a very long time. And so when you go for Sidras, you're going for the Cyber Dragon, you're going for the Overtech, and you're going for the... I forgot his name, but he pops two back row and everyone hates him. So you go for those three main cards. And when you're going for those three cards, I think there's two to three boxes that you go through. One of those boxes has righty and lefty driver in it. And that's how I got righty and lefty driver. And when you go for masked heroes, you need to get Ferris. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You need three Ferris to play that deck. So I went into the, into that box, got three Ferris while I was doing that. He was always at the bottom of the box, so every single time I got all of the Machina cards. So when I finished making that deck, I had all the Machina cards as well. However, when it comes to the Mass Hero deck, I hated it. That was the worst investment ever, and it's probably the most gems and a little bit of money that I spent on the game in total, and I hated it. Wow, that, that's upsetting. What'd you hate about it? The deck, it has like two main plays. Your main play is to either summon out these specific... Uh, fusion monsters but it's not the fun it's not the fun elemental fusion monsters and if you don't go for that play then your other play is to summon the destiny hero and it's to summon plasma and it's like this is all my deck does and the whole idea is just otk there's no follow-up like with automats there's otk but then you also have follow-up with photon there's otk but at the very least it's short otk so I just ended up hating the deck. It was not fun. It also felt when I actually had it, because I threw gems at the box, but I never got Stratos out of the box. So then when Stratos became free to play, that's when I finished the deck. And by that point, the deck was mostly dead. It was like maybe tier three at best, if that. It was basically a rogue deck at that point. And so, yeah, I hated it. And the main thing was Ferris was at the bottom of the box every single time. So I was like, I spent so many gems on just getting this one stupid card. I need to have something useful out of this deck. What can I get useful out of this deck? And then the Book of Moon box came out. And the Book of Moon box allowed me to complete like three to five different decks that I wanted to try. And so I went into the Book of Moon box. And eventually I was like, wait, hold on. So I got gadgets. Gadgets are machine. Okay. I have the other gadgets now too. Okay. So I decided to play gadgets. What works well with gadgets? Obviously, Machina, it's like a six-card engine. You throw it in there. You get a little beat stick on the board if you can't get out your rank four. So then pair that up. It was trash. It did not work well at all, but it's where my deck started. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe I can just like simplify the deck. We'll play like the, like the pay-to-win gadget cards that aren't even going to win. 
we'll play those, we'll play the Machina engine, and we'll focus more on a Machina engine. So I tried that. I threw in, like, Machina Soldier, I think his name is. Tried that. Uh, it was equally trash. It equally did not work well at all. But then I was like, okay, well, what else can I throw in? Uh, I can try and do synchros. What can I do with synchros? Uh, oh, I have Jet Synchron? I have no idea how I have two of Jet Synchron. Okay, well, use Jet Synchron. So pretty much this was before I had good synchro monsters. Like now I have the whole like good synchro monster pool. I got Bionic, Black Rose, Stardust, everything. Anything that's good synchro wise, I have. I have farmed it and gotten it. Back then I had no good synchros, none. My good synchros were just specific to Sheer Nui because I played Sheer Nui and they're like basically free to play synchros. And so I'm like, uh, what 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 can I use? Okay, I can I can use synchrons. How do I get synchrons? Oh, I have to have specific monsters? I don't want to do that. Oh, righty driver, you can be used for any of these? Okay, cool, we're going to play you. So then I threw them in, threw them together, and suddenly I had a deck that was somehow working. And this was during TDGP, because I also wanted to synchro a lot with TDGP. And so that's kind of where the deck started, was TDGP, I wanted to synchro. I have no good synchros. All my good synchros are going to be specific to the synchrons. What's my way of getting around that? Righty Driver. And that's pretty much the entirety of like how I started the deck. And now it's just been me trying to optimize it or make it work in different situations. So trying to make it work in TDGP or ranked or try and make it work against certain decks, things like that. Really, really long answer. Yeah, that's an incredible odyssey. I love that story, though, because it hits on one of the things I put down in my notes for this episode. In big, bold letters, I have mentioned the leftovers because when i copy and pasted this over to my deck list one of the things that i noticed is oh wow i already have a lot of these cards that's kind of my duelings philosophy in general like pick a deck that you want to play build that deck once you got that deck enjoy that deck make sure you don't do what i did and build a deck without trying it and then realize oh you hate this deck and you spent so many gems on this deck and you just want to like quit the game now no test the deck Build that deck, play that deck. While you're playing that deck, now go for staples, go for whatever else it is that you're looking for, and just kind of like piece together. Maybe there are some decks that you want to play, and there's a lot of them. Well, figure out what deck you can build that you already have partially built from your previous deck. So, like, I think when I started the game, I started off with Arrow Mages and Luna Lights. Well, Luna Lights can take you right into building Blue Eyes. Arrow mages, I forgot what they can take you into building, but they can take you building into something. And I did that, and that's how I built up all of my decks. Like I said, I started with Sydra, and I started with Mass Hero. Those are my two focuses to build up. What did that give me? That gave me the cards for this deck. Yeah, it's incredible. I love the way that works. Yeah, because I, I love the leftover cards kind of philosophy, because, yeah, I noticed the same thing. Right out of the anime. Yep, I have most all these... Uh... I have most all these cards already. All these long forgotten about pathetic in quotation mark cards. You even have the jets? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I even wrote down where I uh where I found all of them. So the Machina cards I got when I was digging for Hot Red Dragon Archfiend Bane and Red Resonator for my Resonator deck. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, and then uh, Lefty Righty I have from Future Horizon when I was building my Super Heavy Samurai deck. The first competitive deck I ever built in Duel Links was Super Every Samurai. So I have cards for this deck from way back from when I was a player who had no idea what they were doing. 
I lose to that deck so many times. It's a good deck. It doesn't matter what deck I'm playing. I almost always lose to it. And then I try to play it and I fucking die every time. <laughs> it's a good deck, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's It requires a certain touch and a certain amount of patience to be good with it. But once you get the hang of how to play it, it's, it's a really good deck. It's a really good first deck, too, because I was uh, I was playing the game for like two weeks. And coincidentally, I started my second week of playing. There was a KC Cup going on. I'm still new to the game. I have no idea how to build a competent deck. No idea how to really do anything at this point. But I still made the second stage of the KC Cup playing Super Heavy Samurai and then eventually Six Samurai. So it's a good deck. Really good deck. I would recommend it to any new players out there. Six Sam is great for any new player. It's my farm deck. It can work as your farm deck and your PvP deck. Yeah, Super Heavies. A lot of love for those big robot boys, and same thing with six ams. And then, uh, oh, the other cards. Uh, so, yeah, Jet Synchron. I have copies of Jet Synchron from the Aerial Assault box, because I was digging for Swallow's Nest to build Harpies. I also dug for Brionic for the six samurai deck that I just mentioned. And then there was a time when I was, I don't know, I didn't have really anything to build specifically for so i was like hmm let's just go after good staples good engines i was like oh yeah invoked let's go after the invoked engine and uh purgatory was in there so i was digging for perg wow i did not realize how linked to just top tier texas deck is yeah absolutely that's one of the reasons why it's so amazing it's just because it's all the forgotten cards i forgot our stream was there yeah all the forgotten cards coming back to clap. The only hard part is the extra deck. The extra deck, I had like no cards. Like everything was just like random throwaways. And the deck had so many more synchrons when I started because that's all that I had. Now it's down to just using three. Yeah. The uh, the current version that you're running, these cards are a little less forgotten, but still kind of forgotten. I have a Vermilion Dragon Mech from Blazing Rose. Blue Eyes? Yeah. Uh, red Eyes, yeah. Digging for Red Eyes and... Blazing Rose. Oh, yeah. How do you make it with red eyes? So Vermilion Dragon Max is from the Blazing Rose box, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you said you used it in uh, red eyes. Oh no, I I used it when I was digging for uh for Black Metal Dragon. Oh, going for it. Gotcha. Yeah, for red eye support. So it was a card I just kind of acquired along the way. And then I have Chevalier de Fleur, which is also Blazing Rose. Just picked it up. Coincidentally, Blazing Rose, also where I got the Metaphys cards. And then Jet Warrior, I got from Aerial Assault. And I have a Mistbird, too, that I had no idea I even had. Apparently, I picked that up during some kind of sale for Tornado of Phantoms. Like you, I would consider myself a Dolphin player. I think you were probably doing what I did and went for a specific Secret Rare. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Probably. Oh, no. Am I wrong? Did you build heroes by chance? Yeah, I never got around to uh, finishing the point. But one of the reasons why I asked you about uh, why you hated Mass Heroes so much is because I'm like 80% of the way through building Mass Heroes. So I wanted to know if I should just cut my losses at 80% or if I should uh, shell out for the last 20% of that deck. Okay, what kind of deck do you like? Uh, I'm kind of all over the place. As someone who's played Super Heavies, who's played Resonators, who's played Red Eyes, who's played Harpies, I've uh, I've kind of mixed and matched playstyles. But 
if I had to pick one style that really fits me the best, it's probably something fast and I guess visceral would be a good way to describe it. I like to play really aggressive and I like to win quick. Do you like having multiple options or kind of just two to three set in stone options? Options are good. I never mind options. Uh, I think my pet deck is probably going to end up being Resonators. It's the first deck that I hit King of Games with, and I've hit the last four King of Games in a row with it. So that deck's going to hold a special place in my heart forever. So if I needed a comparison point, I'd probably say something like Resonators, where you have like three or four really strong staples that you go to over and over, and it's up to you to really use your brain to figure out how do I use these four specific tools to solve any situation. Resonators are a bit different because resonators, they increase your life points. So they give you a little bit more leeway. And then they also have interruption and ways of dealing with the opponent. Like if you place the Solemn Scolding version, then you have Solemn Scolding to completely negate just whatever someone wants to do once. And then if you play the version that runs Obelisk, then you have a way of putting out a huge beat stick that can clear a board. It's a little bit of a non-normal deck. So like what I usually play that I like is more so kind of mid-range decks that have chances at OTK. So like Water, Satellar Knights. Something like Harpies. Harpies, I haven't really played. I have it. I haven't played it much. I kind of like it, but I kind of don't. I think it's just because I don't like bouncing. That, that's where I was at with Harpies for a while. I hated the deck at first. And then I finally realized that the monsters are the monsters. No amount of tinkering with the number of Chandlers or Perfumers or Dancers is going to change the way the deck plays. The, the spells are actually what shape the way that deck plays. Once I figured that out, the deck started to grow on me. But I'm still kind of... I'm lukewarm on it, but trending towards warm on it. I like it, but I don't love it. I think the reason why I don't like it is because there aren't any options. Your option is basically make cyber slash and then maybe make some rank fours but you're using the same rank fours that every other deck is making but you can't spam them out so i can't play like on a mats where i can go for an otk and then still have follow-up but i can't spam out monsters like i do with on mats i can't have long drawn out matches where i'm like 500 iqing playing over my opponent like i do with the teller knights and i can't make like just ridiculously stupid monsters that work off of each other like I do with water. I think it's just it's kind of like a mid-range deck that's kind of just super simple. And that's probably the reason why I don't like it. But what kind of deck do you like? Because you said fast pace, but then you also said resonators for kind of like their mid-range area. Because like the way that the mass heroes play is super OTK focused. You are looking to kill either turn two or turn four. That's literally what you're looking for. Turn two, three, or four. If you don't kill in that range, you're basically hitting the surrender button. I would say probably mid-range, leaning more aggressive. That's probably where I would fall. Because uh, the thing I like about Resonators is if it needs to go the distance, you can do it as long as you're very, very, very mindful of your resources and you're not burning out Red Risings just for the sake of getting something on the board. But at the same time, it's very fast. When you have an opening, you can take it, get two Synchro Dragons on the field, and win the game in a heartbeat. That's the thing I love the most about it. Nothing makes me happier than when I can interrupt, disrupt, or remove back row and just open it up for a Synchro Climb into Infernity Doom, burn 
Thermonso on the board with Doom, go to Hot Red, and then swing at him for 35 game with Hot Red. That's my favorite play with the deck. So in that case, something you said right there, very specifically just ensured my answer. So you said that you like being able to deal with a board. Mass Heroes cannot deal with any board whatsoever. It's literally you got to draw into a Cosmic Cyclone, hope they only have one set card, pop that card with Cosmic Cyclone. If they have more than that, you got to hope that they don't have whatever they need to beat you. You can't really deal with a lot of things. For the most part, Plasma is your way of turning off the enemy's monster cards, but you have no real way of turning off the spell cards. Your best way of dodging whenever anything happens is to hopefully have Mask Change in hand and just dodge with Mask Change to avoid your monster getting popped or banished, whatever. I don't think you'll like it, but what I would say is it's not necessarily a dead-in-the-water investment yet. What you could do is you could transfer the deck over into more so being a Bubble Beat XYZ or Bubble Beat version of the uh, Fusion Way. Those two decks are way more fun. They seem like they possibly might be a bit more competitive than Mass Heroes are, and you might enjoy them more. Because basically the Bubble Beat one for XYZ is you play Ranked 4s, I forgot what Jaden skill you use, but there's a Jaden skill that, I think it's Wounded Hero? Um, that sounds familiar. I feel like that sounds sounds correct. It's one where however much damage you've taken, you can then use the skill to summon a elemental hero monster from your deck equal to or less than the attack of the amount of damage that you've taken. So for example, if you take 3k damage, you can summon any elemental hero you got in your deck. If you take 1800, you can summon Stratos. If you take 1700, you cannot summon Stratos. Yeah, that's definitely a wounded hero. And it's a free summon through the skill. So you want to run Wounded Hero, you run three Boxer Veil, you run one or two Bowmans, because it's a free special summon when he's empty in your hand. I believe you run mainly spell cards for your back row. So like, I would say Econ. I guess you could do one Econ, one Treacherous Trapple, and Treacherous Trap is your only trap. Everything else is all spell cards, and you're mainly focusing on protecting your monsters, and you're making rank fours, you're using Stratos to give you card advantage. You're using Solid Soldier to give you extra summons. You can play some fusions in there. You can play some uh, masked heroes uh, cards in there to give yourself some masked heroes. And that's basically what you do is you're trying to use Solid Soldier to bring out two. Use Stratos to give you card advantage. Use Blazeman if you want to play the fusion version. Use Bubble Man to get some more cards if you can set up that situation. Or at least to get another special summon. And then just like the name says, bubble beat, beat it down. If you wanted to play the fusion way, you could do, I think it's Blazeman at three, Solid Soldier at three, Stratos at three, maybe throw in one or two Bubble Man, and then also same thing, three Boxer Veil. Then you throw in, I think, what is it? Is it Miracle Fusion? Is that the Elemental Hero Fusion card? I believe so. So you would throw in Miracle Fusion, Poly, um, I think there's two other hero type fusion cards that you could use if you wanted and then you could obviously use your mass change cards that one way more fun you get to use your fusion cards which since you said you got that one card from the hero box it's like a tornado's box since you got that assuming you've picked up a couple other elemental fusion cards that aren't necessarily part of the mass hero one you can use those you can use the mass hero ones you can have so much more fun with the deck 
And also you can play a little bit more stally if you need to. So it's not just, I need to kill you this turn or I lose. You can play around whatever. So much more fun. Okay. I'm definitely going to have to check that out then. Because, uh, yeah, everything you're saying makes a lot of sense and is kind of speaking to me, especially with Masked Heroes. Playing against Masked Heroes, I feel, I don't know exactly the way you described. If they don't kill me on their first turn, I got them. So I'm definitely going to have to check it out. And the way you beat them is you wait till they summon the increase. So when they summon Ferris, then they do the play and they summon increase to the board as a spell card. You pop increase and that stops the majority of their play. If you want those decklists, I can send you those decklists later. Yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome to check out. And then, uh, as I was saying earlier, I would consider myself a dolphin, much like yourself. So I'm not going to whale out and spend whatever it takes to get whatever card I want. But when I see something that's a good return or I have a guaranteed return on my investment, like structured X, I know exactly what I'm getting when I'm buying it. I'll go ahead and spend a little bit of money on it. You know, it's a fun hobby after all. Why not? So I got into that uh, Tornado of Phantoms box because they had the guaranteed UR card sale and it was $199. You get three packs plus your guaranteed UR from outside the box. The Dolphins' favorite sale. Yeah, especially with mini boxes too, because there's only like two or three URs in these boxes. So you're guaranteed like a 33% or a 50% chance at one of the cards you actually want. Always get the one that you don't want. Yeah, but I don't know. You can still convince yourself that it's out there waiting for you. Always happens. So I think for everybody listening at home, after that digression, we should probably give a deck list so they know exactly what the Machina Synchron looks like. Uh, do you want to do that, or do you want me to go ahead and do it? I got it. Because I got to explain, because I remember somebody asked me in the Reddit for a deck list, and then when I gave them the deck list, they were like, whoa, okay, that's I was expecting this to be way more free-to-play friendly, and I was like, well, I mean, you build other decks, you kind of have these as leftover cards. That's what you do. It is. Yeah, it's, it's the forgotten cards, man. These are all the cards you have sitting there that you didn't even know you had sitting there. And that was before I realized how closely tied this deck is to the meta, because I didn't realize, oh, you have to go and get this because it's for Resonators. You have to go and get this because it's for Harpies. And those are like the two big free-to-play meta decks right now. Yep, absolutely. But the core for this deck would be three times Machina Fortress and Gearframe, because that's your Machina engine. You also need one time of the Mega Form. You can do two if you want, but it's really just best at one. I would not remove it from the deck. Keep it at one at least. Then you want the righty-lefty engine. So you want three times righty, three times lefty. You can run lefty at two if you want, but no less than two. And then you can run anywhere from one to three jet synchrons. I run it at two because Super Team Buddy Force can resummon a righty or a jet synchron or whatever I need. And that can give me a fourth synchro. With having two Jet Synchrons, three righties, that's five tuners, meaning five possible chances at Synchros. Super Team Buddy Force making that six. If somehow the rare situation happens where Vermilion Dragon Mech gets popped and destroyed and then you get to bring back a card from the Banish, then you can make a seven. But it's super rare to ever go through the entire Synchro deck, plus you'll usually win by that point. Back row-wise, you can play whatever you want. Right now, I'm playing two Lightning Vortex, two Pulse Mines, and one Super Team Buddy Force Unite. I am thinking about removing the Super Team Buddy Force Unite, or maybe keeping it, I don't know. 
but definitely possibly removing the pulse mines and instead putting in two econ take or maybe an econ take and a treacherous trap hole and then removing the super team buddy force and just finding a spell card to play but i'll go over why i'm thinking about that later yeah that was going to be my follow-up question so the extra deck is going to be vermilion dragon mech it's not necessary but it's a great play extender scrap dragon which is pretty much necessary it's not 100 percent required but it makes a huge play it makes it way better of a play Junk Destroyer is necessary. You need to be able to pop at least one card, and you need a level 8 monster to go into to do more than just negate a card. Hastor is... I got it as like a suggestion to throw in, and I tried it, and I am definitely keeping it in the deck no matter what. Hastor is a mainstay. It's an easy summon for righty driver by itself. Just righty driver plus lefty driver, lefty driver effect, make rank 4. There you go. You got Hastor on the field. Now you got lefty in the grave. That's perfect. If he gets removed from the field while they have a monster on the field, then you get to target that monster. It can't attack. Its effects are negated. You can steal it if you get rid of it. It is amazing. It needs to be in the deck. Chevalier to Fleur, you can remove it, but I have had so many games where the win condition was I need to get in one more attack. They have one spell and trap card on the field. Since I'm playing a deck that they don't know, they're just waiting for my boss monster to hit the field, and then they're going to try and karma cut it. Well, I summon Chevalier to Fleur, they Karma cut it, I negate it, I win. So it's pretty useful. I would say keep it in the deck no matter what. Jet Warrior, if you're running Jet Synchron, keep Jet Warrior in. If you're not running Jet Synchron, then just remove Jet Warrior. Mistbird, you can keep Mistbird in if you want. You can remove it if you want. I only have it in the deck because it's the best level 3 or 4 Synchro monster, aside from Balmung. And Balmung isn't really that useful because he's really just a beat stick. And Mistbird, like I said before, can be used to give you a win condition against Fire Kings. And that's pretty much the entire deck. And whenever you want me to go over why I might change the back row, let me know and I'll tell you. Run with it right now. I can't wait to hear it. Okay, so the idea is right now, your turn one play is pretty much you summon righty driver, summon lefty driver, make Hastor, and then you kind of pass. Hopefully you have Pulse Mines, Pulse Mines won't work with Hastor on the field, so you have to kind of make a tough decision there. If you have Pulse Mines and you can get Fortress on the field, that's great. If you don't start with Righty Driver and you start with Gear Frame in hand, hopefully you summon Gear Frame, summon Fortress out some way, set Pulse Mines, that's probably the best turn one. But you can see like there's a common three line here. No real good turn one play. If you're turn one, you're just trying to survive. You're trying to make it to turn three. Once you get to your next turn, that's when you really get the ball moving no matter what you draw. And that's the idea behind the back row removal. If I can switch out those three trap cards, if I put in Treacherous Trapple, Treacherous Trapple is Treacherous Trapple. If you can put that in the deck, you're going to put it in the deck, unless if you have better options. Econ is a different idea, though. Econ sounds really, really fun. Let's see here. What's the best way to explain it? So let's say I have what I would consider a mediocre hand. Let's say you have Gearframe, Fortress, Megaform, and econ in hand if you summon gear frame you grab a fortress now you have two fortress uh, with those two fortress let's say you summon your fortress by pitching both fortress to the grave and then you summon the third fortress from the grave by pitching the megaphone then you set your econ now you have three cards on the field then let's say it goes over to their turn they attack or remove one of the fortresses some way somehow doesn't matter then 
you can econ take their monster by getting rid of your other fortress, take their monster. When fortress gets removed from the field, you now activate Megaform, and now you have Megaform on the field. Now you can just kill. Another situation would simplify it. Let's say you're mid-game. Let's say you got Righty Driver in hand, or you essentially have it in hand, so you could have Lefty Driver in Grave. Doesn't matter. Either or, it's going to be a Righty in hand at some point. Let's say you have Fortress in hand, or you can have Fortress in Grave and you draw into Megaform. Either or. And then you have Econ either in hand or set on the field. Doesn't matter. Let's go with having these cards engraved. So if we have Lefty engraved, we banish it, we grab Righty from the deck, put it in hand. We then activate Machina Fortress engraved, get rid of the Megaform from hand. Now we only have Righty in hand. Fortress goes onto the field. We have Econ Take face down on the field. That's the only cards that we have. Now we can Econ Take, so we can do Econ, get rid of the Fortress, steal the opponent's monster, Activate Megaform effect, summon Megaform out onto the field. Then we can summon Righty Driver. We can either get rid of their monster by synchroing with their monster. So if they have a level 2, 3, 4, 7, or 8, then we can get rid of their monster for our own synchro summon. And then on top of that, we're still plussing off of that because when Fortress goes to the grave, we banish the Fortress and summon out the Megaform. It makes this additional play of just like stupid craziness that you can do and that you can also get rid of more of the opponent's monsters or you can just use it, use their own monster to kill them. It opens up so many plays that when I thought about it, I was like, ooh, this sounds fun. Like it reminds me of the Draco Sack version that I built of the deck where you can creature swap and just kill them with their own monster. Anytime I can kill someone with their own monster or take their monster and use it for my own gain, it's like the most fun thing and best thing to do in Duel Links, period. But that's the whole idea. Duel Links doesn't assign you bonus points, but we all know there's bonus points in Duel Links. There's levels to this. If you can steal my monster, make use of it, and kill me with it, like if it's more than just, okay, I steal your monster, I attack you with it. Like, okay, cool. But if you can steal my monster, then get additional plus benefits out of it, and then kill me, whether it's with that monster or with a monster that you made from that monster, I'm giving you a nice every single time. Don't matter. Yep, that's a thumbs up for sure. That's a big old thumbs up for sure. But that was the whole idea. Econ take, basically. Econ take with Fortress and Megaform works so well. It's like the whole reason why the synchro works out so well is because you can also just synchro spam and then get an additional monster on field. Because just if Fortress hits Grave while Megaform is in Grave, then you can summon him out. So even a synchro can summon out Megaform. Yeah. It sounds like the Pulse Mine is probably going to be a little more defensive of a build, just because you hit them with the Pulse Mine, everything goes to defense, and then anything else they special summon after that goes right to defense. Pulse Mines is basically, I get to live one more turn. It's kind of like the motto of the deck. I get to live one more turn. It's like the entire idea of the deck is just to bring out a bunch of mini-bosses that you have to defeat countless amount of times until you somehow either kill me or outpace me and it's almost impossible to outpace the deck yeah so it sounds like pulse mind's motto is going to be i live one more turn and econ's motto is going to be you die now exactly yeah i love it except econ sounds way more fun i really want to try it but i don't know if i'm going to try it during kc cup absolutely yeah that sounds amazing i'm definitely going to finish off this deck i'm going to finish getting the last couple cards in the extra deck and i might try out the econ version i'll let you know and you definitely need to keep me updated on it too. Keep those replays getting posted to Duel Links. 
what we need is we need a card that allows me, because it's a machine type, to do something. Whether it's summon a monster from grave or whatever, I don't know. Just more machine support comes in, the better the deck will get. Because that's all I need is machine or warrior support. Machine for the core main deck, warrior for the extra deck. For sure. I'm not too familiar with what's left out there in the uh, TCG OCG that might come to Duel Links. Neither am I. But I guarantee you there's something that's going to come and uh, open this thing way up. All right, so you talked a little bit about your turn one play. Let's say you go turn two. What would your typical play for that be? Obviously, you don't know the board state because we don't have an opponent in front of us in this scenario. You can always set up a couple of like theoreticals. Like For example, everyone's thinking about Luna Lights. No matter what, you're worried about seeing a Luna Light player and going, oh, fuck, now I just die. Cool. I left my monster attack. Now I'm dead. I'm undefeated against Thunder Dragons in this King of Games KC Cup season. I've only lost once against Automats, but I am over against Lunalites. I have yet to win one against Lunalites. So yeah. Those Lunalite, honestly, that's where Pulse Minds is like favored. The deck works mainly off of deck thinning. So the idea of deck thinning. If everything went perfect, and I mean absolutely perfect, let's say your opening hand is Gearframe. Let's see, what would work best? Let's say you have Gearframe, Fortress. We'll go Gearframe, Fortress, Lefty, and then third card does not matter. So you have that hand, and you don't draw into any Machina monster, but you draw into Gearframe. So you don't draw into Fortress, you don't draw into Megaform, but you only draw into Gearframes. And that means Gearframe will give you plus three throughout that entirety of the duel. So this is like if the duel somehow went all the way down to zero cards in deck. Gearframe, if you got to summon, normal summon him all three times and the effect went through all three times, then you just got to deck then three cards out of your deck. If you can get the righty driver to work perfectly, then you can throw lefty driver to the grave, banish it, add a righty driver, summon the righty driver, pull a lefty out of deck, put it on the, put it on the field. If you can get all of that to work perfectly, then you can basically deck then five more cards out of your deck. This means that you can get, essentially, if everything goes perfectly for you, you can thin your deck by 8 cards, meaning that your deck would only be 12 cards. That's if everything goes perfect. doesn't always go perfect. Sometimes it'll be terrible. I've had hands where I open into 3 Lefty Driver and a Trap card. And I'm just like, okay, so T-Set Lefty, T-Set Pulse Mines, hope I don't die. But if you can get that perfect situation, then you can just deck thin your way to victory. Because you can basically just add righty to hand. Now you have two cards in hand. Like if you have zero cards in hand, by the time it comes to your next turn, you draw one, you activate lefty, you get a righty to your hand. So it'll facilitate more plays. So when you're going second or first, doesn't matter. First focus is always, always put lefty in grave. Try and get your gear frame activated so that way you can grab either your fortress to your hand or your mega form to your hand. And like I said, it's really just live. You want to see a card that will keep you alive. If you don't see a card that will keep you alive, then it's kind of just like, I hope it's not a Luna Light. It doesn't matter if you're first or second, it's just live. Or if you have a chance to OTK, then you OTK. But most of the time, it's just, let me live, please. And then after that, once you've passed turn one and turn two and you're on to turn three and onwards, it's just, okay, I lived. That ambulance, it's for you, not me. Because I'm just going to outpace the fuck out of you. <laughs> Somebody call an ambulance, but not for me. Exactly. Perfect. 
that's how it feels from going from turn two to turn three. That's exactly how it feels. Perfect. I'm going to say this a lot this episode. What I love about this deck is the toolbox nature of the extra deck. So if you have a non-bricked opening hand, you really have the option turn three to pick the perfect card to combo off and open up the game. Or you can set it up because the opponent doesn't know what you have. When you're playing a deck like this that nobody plays and nobody knows anything about, it's literally two engines that seem useless put together. And because of that, nobody ever expects anything. So everyone's general idea is usually, I'm just going to wait till you put out the boss monster, and then I'm going to kill the boss monster. And that's where you can kind of make them pay for that. Because if I put out Hastor, and then you kill the boss monster, but you don't banish it or bounce it, then... Now you just put me at an advantage here. Like, even if I'm at a disadvantage, I still have some form of advantage here. If I put out Chevalier and you only have one face down, how are you dealing with Chevalier? You got to deal with it. If you got to deal with it this turn and your only way of dealing with it is that back row, you just lost. If I put out Junk Destroyer, I get to pop it right as it spawns. So the toolbox nature of the extra deck is just what makes it so fun. So I think there's two schools of thoughts when you're fighting a deck that you have no idea how to stop. It's either the one you said, which is wait for the biggest boss's monster to come out of the field and then try to stop it. Or the other school of thought is to just floodgate the first thing that hits the field. So how do you play around flip downs or floodgates when it hits you at the front of the combo? I play around both all the time. So I mentioned before that I beat Resonator decks. That's because the Resonator decks, they usually have the same mindset of kill it before it touches the field. Yep. Just, okay, I have a Solemn Scolding. That means I get to negate anything. That means I'm just going to wait till you summon, until you try and blast my monsters and negate. And that has killed all of them. All of them. So, like, if I summon Gearframe, but I have Fortress in hand already, then I'm really just bluffing. Because then Gearframe, if you negate it, cool. <laughs> now I get to kill you. Now I can summon my Fortress. I can do whatever I need. I can get out more cards. I can start putting out card advantage stuff. If you wait till I put out the boss monster, but I put out Chevalier, then you obviously can't do anything about Chevalier. So it's all depend on what happens. If it's the player that wants to wait for the boss monster, then I just find the boss monster for that counter. So basically every play is kind of like assuming you're going to activate immediately. And if you don't activate immediately, then it's just move on to step two. I know that you're going to go for the boss monster now. You don't really have to choose. You just play assuming that they're going to be the type that immediately tries to stop you and if they don't immediately stop you then i know you're going to stop me at the boss monster so if i'm assuming you're going to stop me then i'm going to play depending on my hand so if i have like an all monster hand then i'm going to play my normal summon first there's nothing i can really do maybe i could summon like a fortress first and then hopefully like you pop it but i can't really do much after that the whole idea is just live and if I can put out two monsters and one of them is Fortress, how are you going to get Fortress out? If you target him with a monster, now I get to pitch a card from your hand. If you kill him by battle, now I get to destroy a card that you have. That's the other thing. Like, there's two monsters in here. One of them is recurring. That would be Fortress. The other one is non-recurring, which is Pastor. If you have to deal with that monster, there's no easy way to deal with it. You have to have multiple outs and multiple ways of dealing with a card in your deck, which not a lot of decks do to kind of get past this deck consistently. Gotcha. So if you're playing a player who's going to just Solemn Scolding, the person that comes out, you're saying the best way to approach that is to just 
bait it with your normal summon, get them to negate, get them to burn up all the resources on something that doesn't matter, and then you come in over the top rope with your actual play. Yep. Gotcha. Okay, some mind games. You just always play assuming you're going to be interrupted right away. Okay. So it's like, well, if I got Fortress Free Summon, then I'll go for Fortress Free Summon. If I don't have Fortress Free Summon, then I'm kind of just stuck. I got to do the normal summon anyways. But if I do the normal summon, I know you're going to negate it. But if you negate that and I have the trap card in hand, then I just set the trap card, goes to your turn, wait for you to go into battle phase. Now you can't attack me. I'm good. Yep. If I'm playing and I got the fortress in hand, maybe I'll do the special summon. Maybe I'll save it and I'll do the gear frame so that way you negate the search. If you negate the search, but I got a monster in hand to already use for the pitch, then I summon out fortress. And you can be like, oh, sweet. Fortress, 2,500 attack. No problem. I got 3k. You left it in attack. I attack it. Now I destroy you with the effect. Let's go. There you go. Just got out your boss monster right there. Game time. Yeah, so just uh, survive and surprise. Is that the motto for the deck? That is a great, great phrase right there. Perfect. Survive and surprise. I'm probably going to use that. There it is. Ka-chow. <laughs> What's your favorite win condition with the deck? I know you have a replay posted, and that's what prompted me to ask you. I have three. That's That sounds so stupid for a deck to have three different win conditions that are your favorite. No, not, not with the toolbox deck. That's the whole purpose of a toolbox deck, you know, is have multiple outs to everything. So the first one is the one that someone actually suggested to me. I did not come up with this. Someone else did. I came up with, like, how to essentially get the play, but he came up with, like, the... If you can get this to happen, then it works. Which is, turn one, I summon Hastor. A lot of Blue Eyes players, they see Hastor, and they either beat it over, or they read it, and they go, I'm just going to leave it. You don't want to do either of those. You need to get rid of it right away, but you don't want to beat over it. Like You kind of want to banish it, or you want to bounce it. So if I summon Hastor on my first turn, and you do not deal with it, that's the worst situation. If you do deal with it, then it depends on what I have in my hand. But if you don't deal with it, that's the worst. So if I start off by doing just basic summon righty, summon lefty, lefty effect, make three, now I have four. In total, make Castor, end turn. If you go and use, let's say you're a blue eyes player, just to make it really simple and really common, you somehow get out a blue eyes and something else. Doesn't matter what else. You got your blue eyes out, you leave the Hastor because you can't OTK me this turn, but you don't want to have the chance of having your blue eyes be taken away from you. So you leave Hastor on the field. Next turn, it doesn't matter what card I draw. It doesn't matter what card I have in my hand. All that matters is that Lefty is in the graveyard. So I banish Lefty from the graveyard. I grab Righty from the deck. I summon Righty. I use the effect. I summon Lefty onto the field. Now that Lefty is level 3 because I accept its effect. I got Righty at level 1, Lefty at level 3, and I have Hastor at level 4. Synchro all of those for eight. I can either go into Junk Destroyer or I can go into Scrap Dragon. Doesn't matter. Either one of them, when there's three materials, will work. Now I summon out Scrap Dragon. I get rid of the Hastor because when the Hastor goes to the graveyard, it then gets put into the Spell and Trap card zone and I target your monster. I get rid of Hastor. I pop your other monster, your other back row, whatever. Whatever monster Hastor is not targeted to, that's the one that I target. Hastor goes to the grave again through the Scrap Dragon effect. I steal your monster. Now I have OTK on board. And I got to pop a card. If I summoned out Junk Destroyer, I target Hastor. If you have only that monster on the field, then I just don't use the second pop. 
If you have more than that monster on the field, then I use the secondary pop. But regardless, I'm stealing your monster and I'm killing you right through. That's the first one. And I'm very glad that somebody told me that. I am too. My second favorite uh, win condition is just doing a huge synchro spam. So let's do the same thing where we put out Hastor, but let's say that Jet Synchron is in the grave already. So we put out Hastor. So next turn, we banish the lefty, grab righty to the hand, summon righty. Let's do that exact same play. Let's do that entire play all over again. But let's say you still have one monster on the field that I have to deal with. And I already used my pop. Now I got Jet Synchron in the grave. I'll just get rid of whatever card is in my hand. And now I can get rid of the Scrap Dragon, bring out Vermilion Dragon Mech, get rid of whatever, pop your card. Now I did an even like more wild, way more cards involved way of doing this. And then I go in. So just being able to do that synchro spam where it's just synchro to synchro to synchro, where it's like a ladder, like Mayakashi, but you have to think of like creative ways to get it. That's my second one. The third and last one is really simple. Third and last one is just you got one face down on the field. And I summon Chevalier, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. Game time. You're low enough. I summon this one monster that nobody uses, and you're just like, "What the fuck does that do?" Screw it. Here, get rid of it. No, I negate. Go away. I win. It's the best thing ever. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me it's a bigger Shein? What's going on here? Hold on, hold on. Oh my god! When I saw the card, I was like, "Oh my god, this is Shein. I can do the same thing that Shein does. They play a card. I win." Let's go. Yeah. And then it was the opponent's turn, and they activated a spell card, and I realized it only works on my turn. Oh, no. That's the only downfall. It only works on your turn. It doesn't work on the opponent's turn. So it's not Shein, but it's discount Shein. Okay. Yeah, it trades the any turn activation for better stats. Yeah, for 200 more. Okay. Those are my three favorite win conditions. I know you said one, but there's too many. No, all three are perfect, and it fits the deck. Like I said, it's a toolbox deck. The whole point to having a toolbox deck is having a win condition for anything. And they're all dope. What's your best hand, or what's your favorite starting hand with this deck? Okay, so lots of hands are viable. However, this is probably the best one. So going first, I have gear frame in hand, pulse mines, lefty driver, and either a mega form, jet, or super team buddy force. Summon gear frame, activate effect, grab fortress, fortress, special summon by pitching lefty and fortress. So now I have gear frame and fortress on the field. Set pulse mines, pass. That's turn one. Survive. Exactly. Yep. This way, I get to survive the turn. I have lefty engrave. I've already deck thinned my deck by one. Perfect. There's pretty much no way you're going to kill me because pulse mines is going to allow me to just activate it right at the turn if I need to, or I can hold it and then activate it later. Doesn't matter. Depends on how much of a pussy I'm feeling. In all honesty. <laughs> but keeps me alive. And that's all that matters. I can get to turn two. I have Fortress out on field. I have Lefty engrave. That means I can grab a righty at any time. If I draw into a Mega Form, I'm instantly into another boss monster. Pretty good. So two machines on field. Pulse Mine's active. We're safe this turn. Next turn, Lefty goes into righty. Now I can go ahead and get a Synchro if I need. Just pretty good. We got two card advantages right there because lefty engrave and also gear frame summon. So two. Uh, the worst hand, though, that I can think of, I know you didn't ask this, but I also wrote it down. So the worst hand is opening four out of five of the back row or just opening up with three lefties and no way of pitching lefty. 
Okay. Which has happened. It has happened to me. That's good to know because one of my questions was going to be, how is this deck as far as bricks go? It's very rare. Very rare. That's good to hear because with any combo intensive deck, that's always your biggest fear is you're going to have the wrong playmakers in your hand together. It's also very rare to brick with Onomats, but I somehow brick one third of the time when I play Onomats. Do you play the consistency skill Onomatopoeia? Yep. And it doesn't matter if I play the meta version. It doesn't matter if I play a more consistent version. It doesn't matter if I play the rank four version. It doesn't matter what form I play. I somehow get bricks so often. And then I go against 30 card decks that draw their perfect hand. That's crazy because that's Onomat's calling card is consistency. I know. It's, hey, we have the best toolbox and you're always going to be able to get into it because consistency skill and the incredible searching of sister. Bro, when I first started playing Automats, I was like, okay, so we'll throw Dodo Dodo Draw in there. And I think it was 10 duels before I opened a hand with Dodo Dodo Draw in hand. And when I opened with Dodo Dodo and Draw in hand, I opened with Dodo Dodo Draw, Dodo Dodo Draw, Gagaga Bolt. And I don't remember which Onomatopoeia monster I had, but it was the most useless one that I could have drawn. And I was like, wow. <laughs> That's like just a terrible hand for a deck that's so consistent. Yep, that's the worst hand for the deck that the champion of consistency. I know you mentioned uh, that you were going to try and swap Econ in here. Are there any other interesting techs that you've played or that you keep in the rotation? Not really. I can tell you about the deck that I played when Level Duke was still a thing. Yeah, is that the Dracosac version? Yeah. Yeah, let's hear about that one. So first off, if you really like stalling, then you'd love it. But it's kind of weird because the idea of this current deck is to deck then, and the idea of that deck was to stall, because Draco Sack is like perfect for stalling. So basically, I, I was trying to find a way to make it past turn one. And this is like when I was still using cards like Forbidden Lance or Chalice to try and keep my monsters on the field, instead of using just Pulse Mines or something to say, okay, you can't kill me. And so I was like... I remember seeing Draco Sack come out and people were talking about Draco Sack and they were like, you can only play Draco Sack in a Dark Magician deck. And I was like, wait, Dark Magician is seven. Machina Fortress is seven. <gasps> Level Dupe can give me two sevens because then you just summon Gearframe. Basically, if you have Gearframe and another monster in hand, you have Draco Sack. Back when Level Dupe was pre-nerfed. Because then you just summon Gearframe, grab Fortress, you then... Level dupe the gear frame to level 7 using the fortress in hand. And then you summon the fortress by pitching whatever monster. Because it can be level 1, it can be level 10, it can be a non-existent level. It doesn't really matter. You pitch that monster, you pitch uh, fortress, you summon out fortress from grave. Now you got two level 7s on field, you make Draco Sack, you obviously pitch out the fortress so you can use them later. And you summon out your tokens, you got your Draco Sack in defense, you got your two tokens in defense. Draco Sack cannot be destroyed when a token is on field, so he has to be banished or he has to be bounced. And then you still got two tokens on field. It was my favorite deck to use whenever I ran into a Luna Light player. Because what are you going to do? You're going to beat me over? You can't pierce damage me. You can't really get rid of my monster. You got to just go through all of the tokens first. And they were also usually stupid, and they would attack the Draco Sack first. And they'd be like, why isn't he dying? Or they would play a card to monster out it by destroying it. And they'd be like, ha, you're, wait, why is this still on field? Why is it my turn? No hourglass? Does he just live? Okay, I guess he just lives. 
so many times Blue Eyes players would try and like pop him that way, and it was just funny to watch. Then on top of that, if you take it a step further, you go through that play, you summon out Draco Sack, so now you got three monsters on field. Now let's add Needle Ceiling to your hand. And that's when it's fun, because then you just set Needle Ceiling. Let's say the Lunalite player gets like the god tier Lunalite hand, the best hand possible, and they can somehow get out both Saber Dancer and Cat Dancer. Doesn't matter what they do. They got one monster on field, at least. I got three monsters on field. I just activate Needle Ceiling. Don't have to target anything. Everything gets destroyed. But then Draco Sack lives, because everything gets destroyed at once. So when Draco Sack is supposed to get destroyed, the tokens are still on field. So then you kill everything, but Draco Sack stays. If they went into battle phase, your next turn, what do you do? You can go ahead and summon some more tokens if you want, and just make it so you don't die. <laughs> Stall them out. That's beautiful. It's actually really sad that level dupe got nerfed. Yet another nerf left in the wake of Dark Lords. But then on top of that, somebody gave me an idea. I only got to try it out once, but they said to use Creature Swap. Creature Swap, you trade a normal monster from your side of the field for one monster that your opponent chooses. So basically, you flip the token into attack, you hand them the token, you take whatever monster they have, and then you attack the token. So you basically force them to kill themselves. Hitting them with that Uno reverse card again, that no you. Yep. No, Saber Dancer, kill you. However, Creature Swap is a very big win more card, and it's completely dead in your hand without having Draco Sack on field. So, yeah. It was more so an event or player match type of deck. I definitely did not play it in rank. I was not ready to just lose five games to get it once. Yeah, that's one of those do it for the lose grand cards. Do it for the replay. Yep. Which version of the deck was your favorite? Was it the Dracosac version, or is it the uh, version you're about to be playing? The one that I am most excited for is definitely this Econ Take version. That sounds very fun to me, to just Uno Reverse card even more. Because right now, you only do it with Hastor, but if I can do it with Econ Take as well, it sounds amazing. But my favorite that I've played so far is just playing this deck in general in TDGP. Because in TDGP... You use the regular red bike. You can draw two, discard one. Dope, I can get rid of my lefty. I can get rid of my jet synchron. Perfect. You can also then summon, I think it's you can summon a tuner from your hand or a level one or a level either attack restriction or level restriction. Doesn't matter. You summon righty driver without having to normal summon. Great. I don't get the effect of being able to bring out lefty, but I can go ahead and synchro spam now. And if you can combine those two, if like the duel goes on long enough and you have enough uh, speed points or whatever it's called and you can use both in the same turn and you can just make insane synchro plays that was definitely my favorite that sounds amazing how did it uh do in the tdgp did you make it all the way to the end of the event uh the last one that went on i did not make it to the very end because i did not play enough and i did not have enough time basically i thought it would go on for one more day and so i like was leisurely playing and then since I thought it was going to go on one more day, when I realized, oh no, this ends in one hour, I had one hour left to play. And I got all the way up to the top tier. I think I was three ranks away from being at the very top, from being a maximum level or whatever it was. And every time I played in TDGP with this deck, barely any losses at all. Like very few, maybe three, five at most, out of playing, I'd say probably 40 plus games that's one hell of a winning percentage i can't wait for the next tdgp now if you have the deck built by tdgp you're gonna have so much fun trust me oh the moment it gets announced is the moment i go all in to finish it 
And you played that with, you said the normal red dual runner. So that would be the yeah. speed spell acceleration, Yusei's. I think it's Yusei's bike. Yep. You can also try, I think it's Crow's bike, or you can try, uh, what's the blonde guy's name, the Australian dude? Jack Atlas, and he's Cockney British. Jack Atlas, best boy. <laughs> you can try their bikes. Those might work. I believe I tried it with Akiza. Yeah, Akiza's bike. And that worked out okay, but I much prefer Yusei's bike for the draw two and for the summon. I usually like to use the uh, Akiza bike, the Black Rose Speed Spell, just because the uh, change your opponent's monsters, the defense, and then you get to add piercing to your monsters is usually enough just to win any duel and catch everybody off guard. Yeah, and you basically, it adds another win con to your deck. Absolutely. Yeah, especially when you uh, you kind of stall yourself out and you don't, really have any options for removal okay now i'll just punch through so if you are going to build the deck then i'll give you real quick three more options that you could try if you wanted to in the extra deck if you have them if you wanted to get them whatever those three options are you can try and get balmung balmung is a level four synchro monster i believe it's either when he deals damage or when he gets destroyed he then summons a level four from the graveyard Obviously, he's going to get removed in a different way most often of the time, and really he's just there as a way to get Lefty into the grave. But that is an option. It's definitely an option if you find yourself not liking or not often using Mistbird. The other two options are level 8s, so you can go with Geomathmech Magma, because you can obviously make it really easy with either Jet Synchron or Righty Driver plus Fortress. And the problem with Jet Synchron is that he's not as widely applicable as Brighty. So it would be an open, kind of just easy to summon, doesn't matter what you have, non-restrictive synchro. Basically, you attack one monster. If you destroy it, you can then destroy two more cards on the field. So that can be pretty good. And then the last one is Battle Wasp, just because it has a double attack, and it's level 8, and it's generic. So once again, can be used with either Synchron Engrave or with Righty in hand. Those are all perfect. We're definitely going to touch base again, but you'll definitely be hearing from me after the next DDGP. So I've gathered that you've transitioned this deck over to the uh, ranked duel scene. How's it doing in the ranked duel ladder? I haven't done too much ranked. So like I was gold ranked because I hadn't played any ranked in a while. And so uh, before KC Cup came out, I was like, we'll get the platinum. We'll go to platinum. Because then we'll get at least a couple of extra levels right off the bat. So that way I hopefully don't have to play as many duels in KC Cup. I hate playing in KC Cup because it's just throw a meta deck against the wall until you're duel level 20. And it's just so stupid. There's no, there's no fun in it. It's just I want free gems. That's all. And so I ranked up from gold to platinum. I think I lost maybe one or two duels. It doesn't matter what deck you put in platinum. If you play it enough, you'll level up and you're going to lose at some point because you're going to see the most random decks in Platinum. Like, you'll see really good decks like meta decks. You'll see really good decks that are creative like mine. You'll see really stupid decks and then they'll just open up their god hand that they should only be opening up like maybe 5% of the time. So, can't really say anything based off Platinum. Currently in KC Cup right now, I think I've only lost one duel. I've played against some meta decks. Like I, I think earlier today I played against a Resonator deck, and I beat them pretty surprisingly, I'm not going to lie. I think I played against a Harpy player, 
but I'm pretty sure they misplayed. Can Cyber Slash bounce only once per turn or multiple times? Only once per turn, and even if you have multiple Cyber Slash, you can only activate the effect once. Okay, sweet. So he didn't really misplay. He was just screwed regardless then. So that means I had the win regardless. So that's another meta deck that it beat. And that was like by turn five, I think, that I won that. So that was pretty surprisingly quick too. The rest have been kind of normal decks. I lost to a Blue Eyes that was playing 24 card Blue Eyes. So really random. It was not optimized. It was not even close to optimized. It was like your typical shitty Blue Eyes player that probably picked up the game a couple of months ago and doesn't really know what he's doing. But of course, he opens up into a really strong hand and somehow within seven turns is able to summon out three different blue eyes. And for some reason, this guy is playing two to three of the blue eyes that when someone gets to banish a monster. Like, why are you playing that at three? Why? (laughs) But okay. So I lost to him because I, of course, against him, I drew three lefty. I've drawn three lefty twice so far playing this deck in total where I had a hand where it was just three lefties and then something else. So I had to find a way to somehow win, and I almost had it, but you never know what the fuck they're going to do. It's like playing against crazy. Yep, that was the lesson from the first series of the anime, is my opponent doesn't know what I'm going to do if I I don't even know what I'm going to do. For all you know, I got Exodia in hand right now, boy. (laughs) So that's good to hear that it's doing well in the ranked ladder, and well, in the KC Cup too. I hope we get to 20 with it. That'll be a pretty big accomplishment. I'll see what I can do. I'm definitely going to try with KC Cup. If I get too annoyed, then I'm just going to switch over to Animats since I've had Animats for a super long time. That was a good time for Animats. Definitely. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll see if I can make it there. I was going to try and hit COG either last season or this season. And then, of course, as soon as I say, okay, Let's try and hit COG with this deck, just to like see if I can hit COG, but not just hit COG, but hit COG with this random deck. This deck that nobody knows, because that'd be cool. Anyone that does any form of video would be like, oh, what, what the fuck is this? Because it's not related to any deck that's out there. Not No rogue deck, no meta deck, no nothing. It's just complete random. Yep, DLM would have to create their own category for it. But then, of course, KC Cup came out. And I'm like, or I guess I can play the most hated mode of all time and just try and get myself some free gems okay i guess we'll do that instead ain't no way i'm playing enough to do both cog and kc cup master level in one month fuck that (laughs) yeah i don't blame you this meta has been for lack of a better word stale for a very long time and something that this dual links community has been used to since the game's inception is a very fast developing game where everything just keeps moving along whether it be week by week or, at the most, month by month. So three months of the same meta, I don't blame you for uh, needing a little bit of break from it. All in all, I really don't think the meta is that bad. Other than Onomats, there's not really an oppressive deck. And even then, Onomats really isn't that oppressive. It's just so damn consistent. This is going to sound really weird, because nobody wants this meta back, but I really miss the meta where it was Blue Eyes, Noble Knight, and Desperado. Just because it was the most easy thing to just uh, not side deck, but take your side deck and throw it into your main deck and go play ladder. Because it was all light or dark. So you just throw in both light and dark and prisoning mirror. You hope you open into that. And if you open into that, you counter the meta decks and now you can play your deck. Now you got Resonator, you got Onomat, Harpy, 
You might even see Fire King. You're probably going to see Cyber Dragon, Luna Light. You might even see some Mast Hero since it's an OTK deck. Don't forget about Thunder Dragon. It's like, what am I supposed to throw in to try and side deck against? Like, I know I'm going to get hit by this, but how do I defend against this while I'm getting like hit by that? How do I defend against that when a boomerang's coming at the back of my head from that guy? Like, there's too much. Yeah, I know how you feel. I guess that's up to each and everybody's own personal preference because some people like knowing, okay, this is what everybody's going to be playing, so this is how I'm going to prepare, and I'm going to attack this deck like this and this deck like this, and I'm good, let's go. And then other people kind of like that randomness, that never knowing. I think I only dislike it because it makes KC Cup harder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just want to get to KC Cup max level just as quick as possible. Give me my free gems. Oh, you want to start part two of KC Cup? Cool. I'm going to go have fun now. Bye. Yep. I think one of the things that's fueling the, uh, for lack of a better word, randomness to this meta is the fact that really other than automats and even still kind of automats, all these tier decks are actually very beatable. As much as I love Resonators, and I'm always going to be a champion for Resonators, and I'm always going to, you know, talk about how great the deck is, it's very beatable. It's very easy to run it out of resources, and a couple well-timed negates it stops the deck dead in its tracks. It's got to be outpaced. Basically, if you can't OTK your opponent, and the opponent's playing a deck that will outpace you, as a Resonator player, you're pretty much screwed. Unless if you can play, like, perfect timed solemn scoldings and then same thing with harpies to a certain extent a well-timed flip or negate on cyber slash and harpies is done let's be honest harpies are the new blue eyes it is the most brain dead players playing harpies most of the time yep i tend to not like to talk ill about my fellow players but i've seen way too many cyber slash activate their effect on their turn when they activate by the rest to kind of counter your argument so i'm gonna have to agree with you on that one it's the new blue eyes bro it's something that you gotta accept it's like okay i'm going against the harvey player either they're gonna stomp me because they're smart or they're gonna stomp themselves yep like i said i've seen far too many of players bounce their own boss monster so can't even argue i don't quite get why it took so long for people to realize that automats were good though like, Onomats were out for so long before people realized it, and then people only realized it because you could use Bouncer. But, like, they had so many plays and so much OTK potential and follow-up potential before that. I just don't get how it took so long. Yeah. One of the things that bugs me about Onomats, I mean, other than the skill probably needs a little bit of tweaking, I think all the consistency skills need a little bit of tweaking, even Demon's Resonance. But the thing that kind of bugs me about it is how homogenous all the decks seem now. It seems like everybody's making the same plays. Everybody's got Bouncer, they got M7, they have Roach, and that's all they ever play. And whatever new box thing that adds in a new crazy play, like Exabeetle happened. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's really any innovation happening. It seems like everybody's just kind of always doing the same thing, which is sad because it's a toolbox deck. It, the whole idea behind it is you're supposed to be able to pick the tools that work best for you. And I don't feel like anybody's doing that. And that's kind of a bummer. See, I want to disagree with you because monomats are so fun to play and I don't want to see the skill get nerfed. But then when I play against a resonator player, so if they go first and then I go on turn two, if I survive turn two and I somehow get through their solemn scolding and I still have stuff on field and I somehow survive until turn four, 
I'm always like, okay, cool, we're all good. And then they use their skill activation. I'm like, fuck! Yep. How do I deal with this a second time? Yep. So I want to argue that no, Anamats don't need to get their skill nerf. No, it's perfectly fine. Not my consistency skill, just all the other ones, guys. Come on now. Exactly. Yeah. But Anamats are so fun, bro. Like, I think what they need to do is they need to find a way to kill the meta version of the Anamats. So that way, the non meta version, so like the Golden Form version or the Rank 4 version, or probably a Rank 6 version would be made if they were to do whatever it would be so fun or like a, the dota do version of the deck is also really fun and the go 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 version in general automats are just fun to play they don't need to have their skill nerf they need to have something else nerf hopefully yeah i'm definitely not qualified to figure out what needs nerf or what needs changed i got no clue either in all honesty they already hit sister they already hit head if they hit coat then that's killing the deck if they hit utopic it's probably killing the deck if you hit dota do draw you're probably killing the deck it's like almost in a sheer newy situation almost a weaker yeah that's why i think you need to hit the skill because the strength of the skill is that no matter what card you have in your hand you can go search sister summon sister search a bolt and then you can continue your plays it's just so fun yeah it's really fun and i'm not going to argue against it's fun or how good it is but the skill is really what's enabling it to not die by any of the ban lists that have hit it. Because you can just search for whatever card you need. Back to Machina Sinkan. I think I got a couple questions left for you, and then we can talk about whatever else you want to talk about, if anything at all. So with your Machina Sinkan deck, what's your favorite deck to match up against? In all honesty, I hate every matchup. i hate every matchup i see resonators i'm like fuck yeah that probably explains why you're not playing a whole lot lately every matchup i hate because it's like i see resonators i'm like fuck i gotta live past turn one i see harpies and i'm like fuck i gotta live past turn one i see onomats fuck i gotta live past turn one i see blue eyes fuck i gotta live past turn one and i know that they're gonna never brick on me so is a main goal of the deck just to go turn two then it's not even to go turn two. Sometimes you want to be first, sometimes you want to be second. It's dependent on what you draw. If I draw Pulse Mines, then I want to go first. Because then I can save myself and then turn three. Like if I can get Lefty Engrave, if I can get Pulse on field, if I can get a Machine on field, cool. I can live. I can literally say, fuck you, I live. Don't have to worry about anything. I live. And then I can outpace you throughout the rest of the duel. If I go second and I have that trap in my hand, then they can still just Cosmic or MST it, and then I'm like, well, now I'm dead. Because the problem is, is it's really hard, unless if you draw Jet Synchron. If you draw Jet Synchron, then you can do one Synchro play on your first turn, where you can do a Synchro play and you can do a couple of things that are kind of funky to make some plays with Gearframe and Fortress. But if you don't draw that Jet Synchron, then it's either you make Hastor, you make Wing Bird, I mean Miss Bird, or you don't make any Synchro and you just hope you live. So, like I said, that's the hardest part of the deck is how do I live past turn one? Favorite matchup? Honestly, I'm probably just going to say it would probably be Blue Eyes. Just because Blue Eyes players are typically dumb. And that, that's really my only reason. Because I know that I can summon Hastor, and then regardless of what they do, because they're going to be confused as to how to out it, unless if they have Karma Cut, I can then use that to my advantage to take a win for free. Every other matchup is just like, 
the game starts as soon as I see what they're playing my mind just like has to take like 50 seconds to think how do I beat this how do I work around this what is what can my toolbox do how can I live long enough to be able to use my toolbox so every game is just like thinking a lot and even if it's something off meta even if they're playing like trimids it's like well now what do I do how do I out the trimid stuff what if he has the fucking sphinx in his hand everything I got pops Oh, I already used my Jet Warrior, so I can't bounce another card. It's like just so much, so much to think about. But that's also what makes it fun. Yeah, so playing this deck is stressful, but stressful fun. Yeah. And then since you don't really have a favorite matchup, do you at least feel like no matter what you match up against, you have a chance to win? So long as I do not see a DD Crow or a Karma Cut, I am happy. Perfect. (laughs) That's pretty much the answer. I think that's a great endorsement for the deck. I mean, other than being easy to assemble with all the cards you've forgotten that you had for forever, anytime that coin's tossed, I mean, you're going to have a chance to win. I think that's about all the questions I have for you. And, I mean, you did one hell of a job covering this thing in depth. In a couple sentences, give your pitch as to why somebody should try this deck. Are you bored? Are you trying to find a deck that no one knows how to play? Are you trying to get wins, whether it's just off of deck knowledge or just off of your opponent not knowing what's going to happen? Then you should try this deck because no one is going to know what the fuck you're doing. They're not going to know when to interrupt you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about summoning increase in your spell and trap card zone and that getting popped. You don't have to worry about bringing out your red rising dragon and then it gets solemned. You don't have to worry about summoning your automat and then it gets bouncered you don't have to worry about none of that why because they're not going to know when to stop you they're not going to know when you're going to start they're not going to know when you're going to stop you just keep going you just keep going and going and going and if you don't die you just keep going and going and going until eventually you run into a one of the worm decks and they just deck you out because you go fuck i didn't realize that you were doing that (laughs) so you just keep going and going and going and you'll eventually win just outpace them and hope that you don't run into a Satellar Knight player because if you do then you're just going to be playing a game for about 30 minutes and I really want to see how that goes. That's one hell of a pitch. Survive and surprise. Consider me in. Yep. Alright everybody, that's the episode. I hope you liked it. I did. I just got a couple things before we take off here so let's get right to them. First and foremost, I'm going to do another shameless plug. If you enjoyed everything you heard and you want to discuss it some more, be sure to join the conversation. To do that, hit me up on Twitter at the Dual Linkup or join the subreddit r slash the Dual Linkup. Or you can always email me if you're feeling old fashioned at the Dual Linkup at gmail.com. All those are at the Dual Linkup, T H E D U L L I N K U P. Be sure to tune in for the next episode. There's going to be some pretty big announcements on that one. Mostly good stuff, I think. We'll see. Was that mysterious enough to get you interested? I hope so. All right, everybody, that's enough messing around. Be safe, have fun. I'll talk to you later.